Good morning. It is Monday, February 24th, 7.29 a.m. I hope you all had a good week. I did. I sure did. It was really busy. It was super productive. I feel like all my abundance training is paying off. So that was pretty cool to be a part of. Really stoked on that. I can't wait to see what happens this week, actually. So, um, something really infuriating has happened in the mission. And if you are living in the mission, you already know this, but maybe you don't because, you know, so many things happen in the mission that it's hard to keep track. But this happened right near my house and it's pretty disturbing. Um, this has happened before. It's kind of a battle of the sexes in a weird way. Oh my God. Okay. So about 10 years ago, right around the time I moved to my place in the mission, it was actually right when I moved and cause I remember her putting it up, but the owner of the, um, of the building at the corner of uh, 24th in Cap commissioned this muralist named Laura Campos to paint a mural there. Laura is kind of a fixture in the mission. She's got a very distinctive hairstyle. She looks, it's kind of like charo, but bright pink in, in light pink. She's very cool. She's a really cool lady. Um, Really, really involved in like the fabric of of mission living, and she lives in the she lives really close by, and so you see her around a lot. I think she's in her fifties. So the mural she painted was of this giant alien head that is kind of it's multicolored kind of like a stained glass window and then it's surrounded by nopales and it's I mean the neighborhood has a ton of colorful murals so it fit right in it's you know it's it's kind of something that you see every day and you're like oh that's a nice mural carry on but I remember her you know being out there and she worked on it for a long time I mean there's it's extremely detailed and there's a lot of intricate components to it. So it's a, it's special and also it's special because Laura did it and she lives in the mission. So she was just, you know, contributing to her neighborhood. So yeah, it's this thing you get used to seeing. Flash forward to 2020 this week. Oh my God. I was, I, I actually saw, I, I kind of, did a little bit of a double take, but I was walking a grocery outlet and these guys with like braided pigtails, <laughs> they were like these rotund white guys with like braided pigtails or smoking blunts, which is fine. People smoke blunts all the time, but it was like performative and making a big deal about it. And then they were, they had their stupid music, like, it was just stupid, um, 
like fake hip hop, you know. Um, and they were painting over the mural, and it was of a turtle. <laughs> it was of a turtle's head, and it was, it's like, they were just being obnoxious. I was like, what are these dweebs doing out here? It is 8, 8 p.m., you know, like, why are you doing this covertly? Like, wouldn't you need light? They weren't, there wasn't even any light. They didn't even have, like, you know, big, big Klieg lights or anything like a professional muralist would have done or a muralist who is concerned about what the way something looks would have done. So I was like in the dark. I was like, that's strange. It's kind of graffiti-ish. Um, which just to be clear, if, if graffiti styled art is authorized by the owner of the building, then it's no longer graffiti. And it's considered by some to be art. Um, I don't think, I don't like graffiti, but whatever. I don't like graffiti art either. So I was, you know, ho-hum. That's very strange. Those guys are obnoxious. And then flash forward to three days ago. Maybe more than three days ago. Oops, sorry. To Tuesday, last Tuesday, six days ago. Laura Campos herself was walking down the street and back to her house and she saw that her mural had been painted over and she thought that was odd because she had actually been commissioned by the building owner to paint that mural 10 years ago. She received full permission. They, the owner wanted her to paint the mural on the building. So she got her supplies together and started repainting the mural the next day. And she has covered up graffiti on there before. People have graffitied it. I've seen her out there fixing it. So, you know, it's pretty upsetting to see your mural covered over so drastically like that, um, especially in an unauthorized way. But like, she's plucky and she just decided to, you know, roll up her sleeves and get it done. So she's out there and she's priming it, which means, you know, you cover it up with a thin layer of paint so the next layer will show through, will show, you know, will stick. And these, like one of the guys who painted the mural, he came up to her and he disturbed her and he said, what the F are you doing here, you bitch? He's like, he's like, your mural's done. And she told him that she was actually authorized to, to paint the mural. And so she was, you know, this was her mural and this was, that was a deal. It was a permanent fixture in the neighborhood. And he proceeded to try to take her paint roller out of her hand and kick over her supplies and then he took her purse and he threw it into the street into 24th street he he destroyed her ipad and her iphone and she said that he would have probably started kicking her if there weren't people around she tried to get his name he would not give her his name she took a picture of him and he's like flipping her off so yeah, it's for this weed company called Turtle Pie. It's a, some stupid strain of like hybrid of weed. And 
it's an it's an embarrassment all around. First of all, it's not Prop 64 certified. It has gone through none of the avenues to establish itself as a legal company. It is not being distributed anywhere in any dispensaries in the Bay Area or beyond. It's just a bunch of assholes. And the guy who was harassing her said, I got paid a lot of effing money to do this. So he's being a thug for free, but making crappy art on the side for some chump change. I don't get it. It's very disturbing. It's it's like some kind of pissant theory, you know? So a lot of people are up in arms about this. These... These dick cheeses, you know what? I bet they're from Concord. I bet they live in fucking Concord or some something like that. You know, maybe, no, scratch that, Hayward. I bet they live in freaking Hayward. Because this is some Hayward shit. It's very, it's so uncouth. And so undignified (laughs) I'm just you know it's really appalling so now Laura is in a bit of a quandary because she can't afford all those paints right now you know it's a the mural was quite expensive to make and I think when she received the commission granted you know she probably also received some supplies too making these kind of murals is not cheap you know it's the artist doesn't make any money you can't sell the mural you can get paid to make the mural but you know if you have to remake it for free so I really hope that people put together a GoFundMe or something reach out to Laura and give her some money um, for her paints this has happened before in the neighborhood over a year ago my neighbor who is a graffiti artist she had her mural painted over by some dumb fuck. I think he was from freaking Sacramento or something like that. He wasn't even, he wasn't even living in the Bay area and he decided to come up and doodle all over her mural because he's an artist. (laughs) That's what he said. That's what he said. You know what? He was shitting his pants without a diaper. That's what he was doing because he's a big fat baby. So I really hope that it gets sorted. I have a feeling that it will get sorted and that people in the mission will come forward and do something on Laura's behalf. I want to go down to Prasita Eyes, the mural place in the mission and see if there's a way that I can get in touch with Laura. Maybe we can all do something together. So this is not over. Turtle Pie is done. Their Instagram page has been shut down. It's just not a good look. And it's also, it's an embarrassment to the cannabis industry as well. You know what? It's just all around poo-poo. So, yes, I really do believe in, in the, the power of, of good over evil. And I really think Laura's going to win this. So, yeah, there's 
also just a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of energy around. Last night in the alley, people were just, it, it sometimes things, voices carry, and it sounded like people were fighting with each other and arguing for a prolonged period of time. But I couldn't, I couldn't tell where it was coming from because when I went out there, it was gone. I was like, oh, I am not hearing voices. No, 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 no. Not today. Not ever. But I think that it was from the, the other side of the alley, like from 25th and 26th. And it was just kind of an echo. I can't see everything from my vantage point. So, yeah, I got a really interesting, <laughs> kind of interesting book, depending on who you ask. At the flea market yesterday, it was kind of slim pickings. Taylor and Burke were selling there. I got some really cool stuff from them. And then I picked up this book for a quarter, and it's called Women of the Bible. And it is from, it was printed in 1848. And I wanted to give you guys a little bit of background. It just in case you don't know, but in the Victorian era, even if you didn't go to church, but you maintained a faith of some sort, if you were considered to be a pious, upstanding person, someone who was at least upwardly mobile in any sense, you would not do certain things on Sunday. Um, in essence, you would not gamble. You would not drink alcohol. Um, you would not play music or listen to music unless it was a hymn. And you would also not read literature that was not pertaining to the Bible. And you especially would not read picture books or magazines or novels, especially not novels. So I have a feeling like this was the kind of book that you could read on a Sunday. Um and get away with it. I th- it uh, it's a quite a beautiful book. And it deals with women of the Old Testament. And it's it's kind of a funny book too because a lot of the women are some of the badder they are like Jezebel the less clothes they're wearing it's really funny and they there's about 12 color plates but somehow they they tend to reflect the beauty standards of um of the early Victorian era and the aesthetics you know the aesthetic leanings of the of that time they kind of you know they they have little tiny mouths little tiny chins sloped shoulders Delilah is wearing an off the shoulder gown it, it's very interesting to me <laughs> um, their synopsis of of these bible women and also I was like wow maybe it's a um, it's an excuse for for people to look at pictures of pretty women wearing loosely draped clothes (laughs) oh my gosh oh yeah the wife of Potiphar 
she she is looking about as thirsty as someone from the early Victorian era can look. So they have these long poems too about each one at the end. It's pretty fascinating to me. I love it. So that was my fun score. I might sell it. I might not. And then what else did I do? I mended for about six hours last night and watched a bunch of German films. And yeah, then I went to bed. I was exhausted. But it felt good because I, you know, I really got that accomplished. I've got a big shoot with Rose today. I've got shipping. Zelda's coming over at two. And I think we can get everything done in an hour. With She's really fast. So, or at least in two hours before the post office closes. And then I got laundry. So I'm going to make some strong coffee. I went and saw... The Lodge on Thursday afternoon, I find that like with the absence of going to matinees, I need a matinee in my life. I need to go see a matinee once a week at least to just reset and relax and, you know, be, I don't know, just to feel good. I need a matinee to feel good. Um, But yeah, the one that I saw was called The Lodge. And it is a psychological thriller. I think they tried to make it a horror movie. But for me, it felt a lot more like a psychological thriller. Um, It had some, some kind of had the feeling of an American international film such as Burn Offerings or Amityville Horror, both uh, which were kind of B-movies in the 70s, which centered around the demonic presence of a house. This film had a lot of cinematic value for the genre that it was in, so it was somewhat more elevated from the American international films. But it's all about the context of space, isolation, trauma, and it was quite disturbing. It was quite disturbing, but I didn't feel like it was being in a, presented in a way that that was for shock value. Um, I have thought about the movie throughout the week, and I always feel like that's a good sign. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers because I have a lot of respect for the filmmaking of this of this particular of this particular show um i will say this though because it won't really be giving anything away the one of the main characters was in a very strict religious a religious cult and it shows how she suffers you know years later because of that and i could relate to that so any <laughs> anyway Anything about a, a a strict religious sect or a cult will will intrigue me and sometimes terrify me because it's relatable. Um, you know, it it really just kind of drives the point home. No matter what you believe, let others believe what they want to believe. 
No one knows the real way. No one is the way. And our spirits are, you know, we are living in a flesh cage. <laughs> so, you know, our spirits are are good and pure and eternal. So there's really, there's really nothing that can beat that, you know? So, um, anything that interferes with, with that, like the freedom of our souls and our spirits is just wrong. And that's a really, that's a really good lesson. And it's something that I'm learning all the time because a lot of times, you know, in my life, I think I've compromised that freedom just to be loved or accepted. And you know what? That's not healthy for anyone. So, uh, I got to start on that laundry. I got to make myself some very strong coffee and start this day. I think it's going to be a very long, productive day. Business, the shop has already been doing sales at six in the morning. (sighs) Feels good. All right. I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.